0: Five-fold ministry gifts today on the Weekly Kingdom Outlook. Let's go. Hey, greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you, and we're going to talk about um, fivefold ministry because I want to talk to you about gifting, and um, I want you to have a revelation about this. I don't want you to to um, um, have any misconceived notions about this, and. Uh, There's a lot of funky stuff that gets taught on this sometimes. So let's dive into the word and let's um, see what it says. Okay, we're going to read out the Amplified today. I wasn't planning on it. I'm just going to do it. Um, We're going to start at verse 7, chapter 4 of Ephesians. Yet grace, God's unmerited favor, was given to each of us individually, not indiscriminately. In other words, he knew exactly what he was doing but in different ways, in proportion to the measure of Christ's rich and uh, bounteous gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. He led a train of vanquished foes, and he bestowed gifts on men. But he ascended, now, what can this He ascended mean, but that he had previously descended from the heights of heaven into the depths, the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the very same as he who also ascended high above all the heavens, that his presence might fill all things, the whole universe, from the lowest to the highest. And his gifts were not varied, were varied, excuse me, were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets, inspired preachers and expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of the flock, and some teachers. His intention was the perfecting and the fulfill equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministry toward building up Christ's body, the church that it might develop until we all obtain oneness in the faith and the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God, that we might arrive at, at really mature manhood, the completeness of personality's height of Christ's own perfection, the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ and the completeness found in him. It's a lot, huh? All right. The five-fold ministry calling is not a gift of Holy Spirit. And you have to understand this. This is not a gift of the Holy Spirit you find in 1 Corinthians 12. Those are gifts given by the Holy Spirit flowing through you. This is gifts from Christ himself. When he ascended, he gave gifts. <clears throat> Jesus was, it says in Hebrews, our apostle, it says in a word, he was a teacher. It says in a word that he was a shepherd. It says in a word that he was uh, a prophet. And also says in a word that he obviously evangelized the kingdom, right? He went preaching, saying the kingdom's at hand. Okay. Jesus was all five. He was the fivefold. And Jesus, and Jesus then went out. And when he was ascended, he said, boy. They still need this ministry, this five-fold ministry that's in me, they still need. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give men and women, by the way, because there's a female apostle in, um, I'm sorry, in, uh I think it's Acts 16. Uh, so I don't want to deal with that right now. But um, for those people who don't think women should be leaders, then go watch some of the things I've taught on it. All right. So he gave these, he took them and he transformed them into an apostle by the grace given to them. Paul talks about this, that he was an apostle, not by his will, but by the will of God, and that the grace in him was laboring in him, that he was transformed into that apostle. I think people struggle with this because they think the apostle is a gift. Like I've received the gift of apostle. I've not received the gift of apostle. I have been transformed into an apostle by the grace given to me. Okay. He gave grace to me to be this. He's given grace to all of us as believers to be his holy children. Okay. To be his sons and daughters to be righteous. This is all grace given. It's all favor given to us. But then he has chosen other people on top of that to the fivefold ministry governmental position. He's given grace, the ability, think of grace as the ability. He's given us the ability to be who we're called to be. Okay. And this is important to understand because uh, a lot of church doesn't. Okay. Apostleship is not educationally. That's not an apostle. Well, he's got a degree. It's not an apostle. Okay? And that's where we kind of really um, have this problem. Let's go go to 1 Corinthians 15, and let's see what what Paul says. Okay? Uh, Verse 1, And now let me remind you, since it seems to be I've escaped you, brethren, of the gospel, the glad tidings of salvation, which I proclaim to you, which you welcomed and accepted, upon which your faith rests, and by which you are saved if you hold fast and keep firmly what I preached to you, unless you believed at first without effect and all for nothing. For I passed on to you first of all what I also had received that Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for our sins in accordance with what the Scriptures foretold that he was buried, that he arose on the third day as scripture is foretold, and also that he appeared to Cephas, Peter, then to the twelve. Then later he showed himself to more than five hundred brethren at one time, the majority of whom are still alive, but some have fallen asleep in death. Afterwards he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, the special messengers. At last of all he appeared to me also as to one prematurely and born dead, no better than an unperfected fetus among living men. For I am the... Now, I don't know if they had fetus back there, but they might have been the Greek. For I am the least worthy of the apostles, whom am not fit or deserving to be called an apostle, because I once wronged and pursued and molested the church of God, oppressing it with cruelty and violence, but by the grace... The unmerited favor and blessing, the enabling power of God. I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not found to be for nothing, fruitless, and without effect. In fact, I worked harder than all of them, the apostles, though it was not really I, but the grace, the unmerited favor, or the enabling ability of God in me. I'm trying to change that so you understand it. Of God, which was with me. So whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach. This is what you believe, you adhere to, trusted, relied on. In other words, what is he saying? Look, the grace that was given to me, which what we talked about in Ephesians, grace was given to men. Some apostles, some the grace, the enabling, building of God. Now, I want to tell you about my life because, and this isn't to build me up. I just I can only testify of what God's, you know, like my testimony is my testimony. I'm not giving someone else's testimony, my testimony of my processing God. And when, when God called me in April of 93 in the room right over there and he spoke to me and he said, I'm calling you to be a prophet. It scared me. I, I knew I, in my character and my, my understanding and I lacked so many things. I knew there was a lot of weight to that so my prayer was really, I had twofold prayer, Lord, do whatever you have to do in me. And I had been praying this already, but just do whatever you have to do in me. If that's your will, then do it in me. Now I didn't tell anybody this, by the way, didn't even tell Kathy. And the other prayer was, what do you want me to do? What what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to usher. Literally said, I want you to usher. I'm like, okay, wax on, wax off. That was one of the greatest things he told me to do in my life was to usher, which I did. All right. I'm not going to get into this whole story. Now, it is a year before we get our first prophetic word. Then another year. Then 1996, Randy prophesized all this publicly over me. Never, Never met Randy before. I didn't know it was Randy sending two people away from me when the meeting started. It was me. Richard Shutt, Dan Duke, Randy Lechner. I didn't know who Randy was. Richard was my best friend. I knew who Dan Duke was. I did not know who Randy Lechner was, even though i have been serving his wife. I never met him before. I knew who he was like he was Randy Lechner, but I didn't know that was him. I literally didn't know that was Randy Lechner. That's how clueless I was because I never met Randy before. Now I figured it out in the meeting. That must be the Randy, who's speaking tonight. Okay. Didn't go up to him, say nothing. Randy gets up. We start at nine o'clock to worship until midnight. This is on New Year's Eve. And it was just really interesting because I got ordained the same the same way. All right, I'll explain that. But And then Randy preaches from midnight to 3.30 in the morning. And then he starts ministering prophetically and he pulls me out and I'm the first one. And he announces all of this. And he reads my mail. And everyone thinks, like, Randy knows me. They come up to me the next day. Hey, how long have you and Randy been friends? I just met him. By the way, I didn't see Randy for about another year and a half. Because he was traveling at that point. I was still serving his wife. And now I'm getting ordained. I'm getting ordained again on New Year's Eve. Uh, we start the meeting around 8.45. Um, Randy preaches until 2 o'clock, and then he's ordaining us. So now New Year's Day again. It's really interesting, right? New Year's Day. And Randy, what does Randy do? He he starts prophesying. And Greg rarely prophesies over me, apostleship. He starts talking about an apostleship has been given to you. And the Lord speaks to me, said, oh yeah, I've called you to be an apostle. Now I'm really not happy. And I don't mean happy, not happy, like I'm mad at God, but I don't know what an apostle is. By the way, I didn't know what a prophet was either. And you know, God never truly answered that to me. He just transformed me. And I now leave there. and I begin to pray because I can't say no to God. He's everything in my life. I can't say, well, I don't, I'm not gonna reject what's he's speaking to me. Especially being ordained a prophet. And I'm, you know, I am trained to hear God's voice and like this is stupid if I, I you can't do that. Like I, I know prophets who don't like it when God says certain things to them. So they say, unless an angel comes and tells me I'm not gonna do that, well, then you just weakened your ministry. I don't do that. I mean, God whispers something to me, I have to obey him. Okay, that's just my heart. I hope I do that well with him. I don't know if I do that flawlessly. I don't want to assume I do that. He's the one who gets to judge me, not me. And, and I love him. And he spoke this to me. So what now? What are you going to do? So I begin to pray. Do the same thing I've always done. I'm just praying. I'm on my face before God. I don't know what this is. I, I just need you to, I need you to work it in me. I need you to give me the revelation I need for this. I need you to work this in me not Now it goes all of 2003, all of 2004, all of 2005, all 2006 and December 6, 2006. Margaret and Cassandra and all these are up in Nashville and they go to this meeting. And in this meeting this guy starts speaking about the kingdom, everything I've been sharing with them. Does a lot better job with it. But when they mention his name, the Lord says, he's supposed to lay hands on you for your apostolic mantle and that was bill johnson now i've told this story before bill laid hands on me okay what i want to do is i just want to talk about what it means by god's grace when it says god's grace we often look at grace as god's just favor like god's just smiling at you but that's not what grace really is it's not a good enough definition for me of grace grace is the powerment or the, uh, the endowment of power upon you to do what he's called you to do and to be who he's called you to be. When he called you to be his son, the grace of God is with you to be a son to God. Okay. This is why when people say, uh, you know, they, they haven't accessed that grace. They haven't labored with the grace of God. For me, when I got saved, I I labored with God to be transformed. It wasn't like I just sat there and God just did over time. I prayed, I read, I studied. you know what I mean? And that's laboring with it and and then I believed. That's a big part of it. I believed that God said I was saved. I didn't always feel saved. I didn't always feel redeemed. I didn't always feel transformed just so you know sometimes I still had old thoughts and old habits. But it didn't change that there was grace available to me. And since we have the Amplified, we'll just look at this a little bit. Turn to Hebrews. We look at grace as, you know, you got favor. What does that mean? But favor in the kingdom is not favor with men. Okay? Favor in the kingdom is the endowment of power to actually do what what he asks you to do. This is for... uh, 16 of Hebrews. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. But let me put it this way. When you fail, you come to the throne You receive the mercy of God. That's the forgiveness of God. Okay, that's mercy. It's the blood aspect of it. But you also are to receive the, the empowerment to rise above that failure and above that temptation so that you can walk in the righteousness that you are. And when God says to you, heal the sick, and you go, I don't, the grace, when God says to you, heal the sick, in that word alone is this seed of grace, this seed of empowerment. And if you'll believe it, it, bam! The word of God is powerful, and it explodes in us, and we can be who we want to be. And or who we're supposed to be. Now let's look at First Peter and let's see what it says about the Word of God. You're not saved by the Holy Spirit. It actually says you're saved by the Word of God. Let's look at First Peter chapter one. Um, let me see where uh, all right, all right, all right, Let's just start, just trying to see where to start. Let's, let's start at verse 15. But as the one who called you is holy, you yourselves also be holy in all your conduct and manner of living. For it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call upon him your Father who judges each one impartially according to what he does, then you should conduct yourselves with true reverence throughout the time of your temporary residence on earth whether long or short, you must know, recognize that you were redeemed, ransomed from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by traditions from your forefathers. Now he's talking about the Jews. Okay. The law, the Judaism, he's talking about Judaism here, not about the law because the law is holy, but Judaism wasn't That's a whole different message. All right. Um, your forefathers, not with corruptible things such as silver or gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ, the Messiah, like that of a sacrificial lamb without blemish or spot. It is true that he was chosen and foreordained, destined and foreknown for it before the foundations of the world, but he was brought out to public view, made manifest in these last days at the end of the times. For the sake of you, through him you believed, adhered to, relied on God who raised him up from the dead and gave him honor and glory so that your faith and hope are centered in resting God. Since by your obedience to the truth, through the Holy Spirit, you have purified your hearts from the sincere affection of brethren, since you love one another fervently from a pure heart. You have been regenerated, born again, not from mortal origin, seed or sperm, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living, lasting word of God. For all flesh, mankind is like grass, and all the glory is like a flower. The grass withers, the flower drops, but the word of the Lord, divine instruction, the gospel, endures forever. And this word is good news, which is preaching. You see how it's talking about the word had this grace with it, okay? And this is the thing that I think we, we sometimes miss in the church um, because, you know, I'm not sure everyone knows this, you know, the, the word of God is very powerful to us. It's, it's very enabling to us. It, 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 um, it strengthens us. I'm just going to find another scripture. I think it's in Matthew, but I want to see if I'm right. Um, not to dun to dun to Why do I think it might be in Luke Um, got I wanted to show you that. Uh, the power of God is, uh, is available to you, even in the word, even when a prophet speaks to you. Um, this is tough for people to, to really get. Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the birth of John. Um, okay, there it is. I haven't opened up my um amplified in such a long time. Um, all right. Verse 35, chapter one of Luke. Then the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a shining cloud. And so the holy, pure, sinless thing, offspring, which shall be born of you, will be called the Son of God. And listen, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age, has been conceived the Son, and this is now the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing is ever impossible. No word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. The word of God has within it the power. So when God spoke to me, you're going to be a prophet. Within there was the very power of God. Now, here's the problem. God says some very impossible things it looks like to you, and you have to believe them. doesn't mean you understand them, but you got to pray them, believe them, rest in them, Lord. This is what you promised me. This is what you said to me. This was your word to me. I believe your word. And I've even gone, Lord, I believe the word from your holy prophets and apostles and what what was spoken to me when I was at that meeting. I believe your word, Lord. I believe it. I honor it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I'll pray that. And I'll pray that. And I'll pray that. All the time. Amen. And, and that's the fivefold ministry. They are gifts. They don't have a gift. I don't have a gift of prophecy. I, as a prophet, I am a gift. As an apostle, I am a gift. Charlie Shemp is a gift of a prophet to the body. Chris Fountain is a gift prophet to the body. Bill Johnson is a gift to the body of Christ as an apostle. Todd Bentley is a gift to the body as an evangelist. Amen? Amen. I hope that we'll bless you today. We'll talk about other things next week. God bless you, and I will see you later. Bye-bye.